0: I'm going to keep preaching until you're all restored. I'm going to keep preaching until you're all restored. Come on, come on, in Jesus' name. Restoration is a promise from God's word that speaks of hope and great expectation for all of us. For in life, we have all experienced loss. Sometimes things were taken from us. Sometimes it is because of other people's choices, a friend betrays us, a family member turns their back on us. Other times, because of our own foolish choices, we get involved with the wrong crowd. We develop bad habits that can turn into addictions, broken dreams because of our failures, our mistakes, and our sins. And then we begin to live with regrets, if only, if only, if only, I spent more time with my children. If only I stayed in school. If only I was young again. And some of you that are very young, you wish you were older. In life, even when you're trying to live right and honor God, things happen. Sickness might come. You might lose your job. You might experience financial hardship. During times like this, we can lose hope. Hope is critical this morning. As your pastor, I want to be a hope pusher. Yes. Good. I want to pedal. Man can live 40 days without food, three days without water, several minutes without air, but only one second without hope. What is hope? Hope is confident expectation of good things that will happen. Hope is confident expectation of good things that will happen. No matter how desperate your life looks, no matter how discouraging you might, see or might seem right now, no matter what's going on in your life, hope is that confident expectation that something good can still happen. Can you say amen? amen. Let's look at Joel chapter 2. You are going to know brother Joel before too long. Amen. Joel chapter 2 verse 25, a wonderful promise. So I will restore to you the years the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Hallelujah. Then you, know that you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, that I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. I love that twice. The word of God says my people shall not be put to shame. I want you to know this morning that God is a God of restoration a promise for us this morning that we need to stay in faith for things that have been taken from us. The word restore is to return something to its former owner, to return something to its former condition or place. An old car can be restored to make it look new again seen a program on TV, it's, it's the high-end auctions of vehicles that have been restored. And there are cars that originally they might have cost $5,000, $10,000, but someone took the time and the effort and the energy to restore that vehicle. And at auction, they can go for $150,000, $200,000. I saw one car go for a $1,000,000 at auction because the car was restored if man can do that with a hunk of junk with a hunk of metal what can God do with his people what can God do with his creation he can restore us we've seen the programs on TV a house can be restored to a beautiful model home a piece of furniture can be restored so that it becomes a striking centerpiece in a home God can restore broken lives, shattered lives, seemingly destroyed lives. I believe that this morning with all of my heart. This is an old hymn. Anybody under 40 won't remember this one. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful out of my life. All I had to offer God was brokenness and strife. But he made something beautiful out of my life. Amen. Ecclesiastes 3.11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Hallelujah. Your time is coming. Your set time is coming. Can you say amen? amen. We look at Joel chapter 1 Verse 1, this is important when we look into the Word of God. Joel chapter 1. The Word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. The Word of the Lord that came to Joel. See, when we study scripture, we have to look at the context. We have to look at the whole message. This is three chapters of of one message that God wanted to deliver to his people. If we read just one verse or one chapter, it's like coming in mid-sentence or coming in two minutes after the conversation began. You don't know the context. But I want to point out something to you, verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Joel. That's significant. Why? Because the words that follow have their source in God. This message, the message didn't originate in the heart in the mind of Joel the prophet. It originated in the heart and the mind of God Almighty. The word of the Lord that came to Joel. The word of the Lord came to Joel. The word of the Lord. God was speaking. We see in this message... Joel tells, and we've we've heard this over the last couple of weeks, some of you might be here for the first time in a couple of weeks, but Joel is a book that tells us of a catastrophic plague of locusts. The imagery we see in this prophecy, uh, Joel tells us that before the locusts came, it was like the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden was known for its beauty, its fruitfulness. The beauty of the land Before the devastation, the locusts came and took this Garden of Eden-like atmosphere and transformed it into a desolate wilderness. And this this army or this plague of locusts was a judgment for the people's self-centeredness, their idolatry and their sin. The results of their sin was a locust invasion that destroyed the land, the harvest, and the economy. It brought famine and total devastation. It's a picture, it's an image of what sin does in our life when we don't repent, when we do our own thing, when we walk in rebellion and break the commandments of God. The effect of it is seen in our lives, and sometimes we could even be prospering outwardly, but then our soul is shriveling up. But in the middle of the ruin... God shines the light, a beacon of hope, in chapter 25, and he said, I will restore the years the locust has eaten. This is a beacon of hope amongst the people. He would say, if you would repent, to repent is to change one's mind in order to reverse direction. God's promise to restore the years of the devastation that the locust had caused, God was making a promise and saying, listen, in our lives... Maybe it was a divorce, a failed business, a bankruptcy. Maybe it was an addiction, sex addiction, substance, gambling. Social media can become an addiction and rob your time. That's a hard one to try to communicate because we're duped and deceived. Even psychologists, even Facebook, even internal memos have revealed of what what it produces in people's lives, the anxiety, the mixed up, the messed up messages it's communicating, but we won't, that's another message for another day. Addictions, food, how many of you know food can become an addiction? Day trading in the stock market can become an addiction, obsessions of all kinds. You know, when I was in Bible college, Sister Rollins, a godly, saintly woman, you know, sometimes you hear quotes, sometimes you hear sayings, and and they don't really, you don't hear it, you don't get it. Just you're not at the place of understanding it. It sounds trite, it sounds cliche-ish, but she used to say, let nothing master you but the master. Write that down because that'll mean something to you five years from now. Write it down. Let nothing master master you but the master. Mm -hmm. But like locusts, because of the poor choices, they've eaten up time, money, relationships, dreams, purposes. But thank God. Thank God you can recover. Thank God you can live life fully. You can make up for lost time, lost money, memorable moments. How can I have the audacity to say something like that? Because God said it. Because God said in the middle of judgment, in the middle of the consequences that people were suffering because of poor choices, God said, I will restore to you the years the locusts have eaten. I will restore to you the years the locusts had eaten. What does that mean? Can we make up? Can we we buy back time? Can we get back lost months and years? No. But God is saying, you know what I can do? I can give you such a harvest. It will be a bumper crop. It will make up for the fire years the 10 years only god can do that god can give you a harvest of relationships of finances of ministry of friendships Uh, he can make a way where there is no way why because he's a god of restoration he's a god of restoration God is saying to you, I will restore. In this book of Joel, Joel so eloquently with, with, with such picturesque words, he describes the devastation. And then in this verse of Ch- Joel, chapter two verse, tw- uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 25, there's an important shift in the narrative. There's a change in the tone of, of the book. There's a great and epic promise. God's saying, I'm going to restore. I'm going to turn it around. It's coming back. I said it's coming back. There will be restoration. God is saying it is not over. Come on, it is not the end. I still have something greater for you. I don't know, if you don't want it, I'm going to take your portion. I'm going to believe for myself. Don't look at me like that. I have things I'm believing for, and I want you to believe it. Turn to the person next to you say, do you believe it? Hallelujah. So the question is, what will God restore? What will God restore? Number one, God will restore joy. There is so much sorrow, pain, and heartache in our world. And you can't avoid that. That's just life. I hate to tell you that this morning. We, we try to... Uh, so order our life and, and, and so get in some, some sort of cocoon to, to, to protect us from pain and suffering. I don't care. You can't do it. You can't do it. There's no, there's no bunker so far underground that'll keep you from pain and sorrow and suffering in life. But there's something different about joy. See, we want happiness, but happiness is fleeting. Happiness is based on happenings. If all of your happenings are conducive to happiness, you will have happiness. But what if those things are not there? What if you don't have what you want? What if your life and everything isn't lined up? But the Bible says there's something greater. There is a joy. There is a joy. A joy that will be with you in pain, in suffering, in setback, in heartache. There's a joy. What is joy? It is a deep, it's a deep abiding sense of inner contentment and satisfaction. Joy is an inner, inner sense of contentment and satisfaction. It's something on the inside, not necessarily affected by anything on the outside. See, we're living in a culture and Christians get confused and, and they think all these things have to be in line and they, and they go according to the ways of the world and, they, and they're miserable, they're not happy, and that's a bad witness and a bad testimony for a Christian. But God says, I want to give you joy. Yeah. See, See, joy carries you through every season of life. Even when it's not easy, even when it's difficult, God gives it joy. Amen. You see, Paul the Apostle wrote a letter. He wrote the book of Philippians, four chapters, very, very short book. You could read it, read it in one sitting, 20 minutes, 15 minutes maybe. You could read that book, and you know what that book is known as? It's known as the Epistle of Joy. Uh, The Bible doesn't call it that, but scholars have called it that because in these four short chapters, the word joy in one form or another is mentioned 16 or 18 times in a small book. Paul says in chapter 4, verse 4, he says, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Who do you think you are, Paul, telling me, don't you know what I'm going through? Now, if Solomon had written the book, then we'd have an issue with Solomon. He's eating grapes, he's, he's got somebody dropping grapes in his mouth, somebody giving him drinks, somebody bringing him a feast, he's got his feet up, he's watching a 90-inch sc- screen TV, I mean, he's got servants, he's got 300 wives, 700 concubines. we won't get into that, but, but he's, got, he's got the American dream. On steroids, he's got houses and lands, he's got it all going on, but he's not the one who tells the truth. Paul languishing in a prison cell, the stench and the smell. Of, of, of urine and, and, and blood dried on his body as he's being beaten and whipped and he has the audacity to say rejoice in the Lord and again I say rejoice. Why? Because the joy is not contingent upon your circumstances. It's based in the heart and the plan and the purposes of God Almighty. You could have joy when all hell is breaking loose in your life. Some of the saints, some of the people of God in this church that have blessed me the most have been people I know what they're going through, but they still come and lift up holy hands and worship and praise God even though they're going through the trial of their life. Restore the joy. God wants to restore joy in our life. David in Psalm 51, David, a man after the heart of God, a man who was the greatest king in all of the history of Israel. They, 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 they named the city after him, the city of David. In prophecies, the Lord's, he, even David prophesied of the coming of Jesus. And he was, even Jesus is called the son of David. But here's this man who sinned greatly. He took another man's wife, he committed adultery. Got her pregnant. Couldn't hide his sin. You know, a lot of times we could hide our sin. But sometimes you ain't hiding your sin with there's a baby bump. Hello? David tried to hide it. So what did he do? He called her husband home from military service. As the king, he had the authority to do that. He called him home to try to get him drunk to go home to be with his wife, to be intimate with his wife. But this man had more integrity than David, and he wouldn't go home. He said, how can I go home when the ark of God is in battle, and I'm here? I I can't do it. And he gave gave him more to drink. He said, maybe if I get him really drunk. My God, help us. We got some people who have a half a drink, and already they're womanizing, and they're lusting, and they're getting involved with people they shouldn't. God, help me this morning, because I'll go after some devils this morning. I'll go after some sin this morning. Come on, repent of it now before God deals with you He tries to cover it up. The man wouldn't sleep with his wife. And, and you know what David did? David, when his plan failed, he sent her, he sent him out to battle. And he gave a message to Joab, his commander. He said, Joab, I want you to go near the city. And, and, and I, want you to put, I want you to put Uriah right there. And then I want you to pull back when the, the attack becomes the greatest. And you know what? Basically, he had him killed. And here is David. A man after the heart of God. He loved God. He worshipped God. But he also knew how to repent. Truly repent. Not, not, not be sorry because you got caught. Turn to the person next to you. Say it's going to lighten up. You can take a deep breath. David mentions in Psalm 51. He says God Restore the joy of thy salvation. He had blown it. He had sinned so greatly. But he said, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. He was saying, I lost it. I forfeited it. But God, please, I need your joy back. I can't live without it. He wasn't calling for any, just any kind of joy but a joy that was connected and rooted in God's saving acts. You see, God wants to restore to you the joy that you have lost through your failures and your sins, and let's be honest, all of us have failed and sinned. But God wants to re- restore what, what, what you forfeited, what you failed, the devil, the, the lies that, that the devil is telling you that you can never you could never have that satisfaction in God again. But we know from David's life that God restored his joy and God will restore your joy. God will give you the joy of the Lord back. No matter where you're at, have hope this morning. You might have failed. You might have been making mistakes over and over again. The devil might be lying to you and saying, how can you do this if you're a Christian? You'll never be free. You'll never get free. But God wants to set you free. God wants to fill you with his joy this morning. Can you say amen? God will restore what the devil stole. John 10.10, the Bible says the devil has come to kill, steal, and destroy but I have come, Jesus said, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Come on, I'm preaching the word of God to you this morning. God will restore what the devil stole. We see this in the life of Job. Here is a man who feared God, feared God, he honored him, he served him and did what was right. The scriptures tell us that the devil came and the devil took his houses, his land, his cattle, The devil destroyed his home, actually his children were in a house that the devil brought a great collapse and they were all killed. The devil robbed, this is explicit, this isn't hypothetical, the Bible tells us it was the devil's doing. The devil took Job's health. He stole everything from him. He suffered pain. Unimaginable suffering like few people have ever endured or experienced in human history. But Job had a confidence in God. He said, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. After months and years of heartache, God restored what the devil stole. Job. Job chapter 42, verse 10. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Down to verse 12. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels. Camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. Wow. Now that's restoration. Do you see that word right in the Scriptures? Verse 10. And the Lord restored Job's losses. Hmm. God gave him twice as much. Come on, we're believing this morning. We're believing in our lives, in your life, that God is going to restore what the devil has taken. I want you to to get up on the inside. Get up on the inside this morning. Come on, I want you to believe that God is going to restore what the devil has stolen. Hallelujah. I heard of this story many years ago by a reputable preacher. I don't like to use illustrations unless I confirm because there's a lot of quacky, just because things are on uh, the internet don't mean mean they're true. Hello? (laughs) Oh, I read it on the internet. (laughs) But I heard this, and then I I read it on the internet. (laughs) I heard this powerful story about a missionary, an anointed preacher, Powerfully used by God. And, and he found himself in the middle of the, south, of the Central American rainforest. As he went about his ministry in that region, region, he came across a witch doctor. In one hand, the witch doctor would hold a bullfrog, a symbol of satanic power. In the other hand, a mixture of human blood and alcohol was placed in the frog's mouth. Then the witch doctor would dance and make satanic in. And incantations and worship demon entities. All Dr. Summerall did was to follow the biblical example of Jesus. He placed his hands on the side of the witch doctor's head and said two words come out. The witch doctor fell over with a thud. When he returned to his feet, the witch doctor was born again, speaking in a heavenly language and glorifying God. Hallelujah. Later that night, Dr. Summerall returned to his room to go to bed. Since it was warm and without air conditioning, he decided to open the windows while he slept. As he lay down, a strange odor began to fill the room. Suddenly, all of the sultry air, heat of the night, disappeared from the room. A, dark chi- a damp chill filled the place. It was so cold, Dr. Summerall began to shiver. A wind began to blow the curtains wildly on their rods. Then the bed began to shake so violently that it moved all the way out into the middle of the floor. Dr. Summerall had enough of this. He raised up on his bed and said, you demon spirit, I command you. I cast you out earlier today in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Go out now. Immediately, the evil presence left the room. The heat returned, the curtains lay down against the wall, the bed stopped shaking, and the horrible odor left the room. And he he rose back up on his bed, looked out the window and shouted, hey devil, get back in here. Immediately, the curtains began to stick out on end as a wind rushed through the room. The coldness returned, the smell returned, the bed began to shake violently and almost shook him out of bed. Dr. Summerall sat up on his bed and said, devil, when I came into this room, my bed was against the wall. Now in the name of Jesus, put it back. The bed went shaking back across the room and settled down against the wall. Dr. Summerall ordered, get out of here. I think it's time for some of us, in the name of Jesus, to tell the devil, put it back. Put it back. What you stole from me is coming back. I said in the name of Jesus, it's coming back. Come on, we sing. There's still power in the name of Jesus. I think somebody ought to stand to their feet right now and say, devil, put it back. Come on, right now. Come on, right now. Put your dignity back. What you stole, my children, they're coming back. My finances, they're coming back. My ministry, put it back. In the name of Jesus. Come on, stand to your feet with the authority of God. Say, devil, put it back. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, command that evil spirit. Come on, I'm getting twice as much. Come on, twice as much. God's going to restore what the devil has taken. The years the locusts have eaten. It's coming back right now. Come on, I want you to declare it. Come on with the authority. you got to open your mouth. The devil can't hear your whisper. The devil was never cast out by a whisper or in your mind. The devil was had to be rebuked. Come out in Jesus' name. Be gone in Jesus' name. Come on, right now, lift your voice. Come on, right now, lift your voice. Come on, take authority. Put it back. Put it back. You foul spirit in the name of Jesus. Put it back. Whoa. Come on, that anointing's coming back. Come on, that freedom is coming back. Come on, that song is coming back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody needs to get mad at the devil this morning. Come on, somebody needs to get mad at the devil this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Come on, the devil has stolen a lot. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Come on, some of you are waiting for revival. Let God touch you right now. Come on, let God touch you right now. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, some of the devil's robbed money from you. Come on, in the name of Jesus, put it back. Put it back. Come on, he's robbed your dignity from you. Come on, he's robbed your testimony. He said he'll never. He's lied to you. You'll never be what, what God wanted you to be. Come on, the devil is a liar. Come on, I'm getting my testimony back. I'm getting my joy back. Come on, I'm getting my anointing back. Come on, I'm getting what God promised. I'm getting it back. Devil, put it back. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, the devil had to pay back. Twice as much to Job. I believe there's a proverb that says if a devil, if, if a thief is found, he's got to pay back seven times. Come on, think about what God, the multiplication of what God wants to do. Come on, in this church, come on, what the years the locusts have eaten. God wants to restore. Come on, God can make up for a harvest in just a few moments. In a few moments, a season could shift. Hallelujah. Come on, Dr. Lester Summerall didn't just whisper to the devil. He shouted, put it back. Put it back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm sick and tired of what the devil's trying to do to the people of God. Hallelujah. Come on, let something rise up within you. Enough is enough. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah, come on, come on, I'm calling things for myself. Come on, don't be jealous when I get blessed. Don't look at me and say, why him? Because I'm telling the devil, put it back. Put it back. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I'm breaking something. Come on, we're breaking something in the spiritual atmosphere. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God. Hallelujah, 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 okay, okay, okay. Just one more point, sit down, sit down. Come on, God wants to restore. I don't know about you, but I'm trying, to get, I'm trying to get in my mind and I want to get it in your mind, a mentality of restoration, a mentality of restoration. Come on, man is not in control of your destiny. I don't care who they are, nobody's in control of your destiny, God is. If you trust him, he'll make a way for you, hallelujah. You know, some of the things in our mind that, you know, we got to tell the devil to, to get out or to put it back. I don't know about you, but I see people so troubled in their minds, so caught up in their own thoughts. They're, they're, they're bound up in the paralysis of analysis, thinking and thinking and thinking. The devil is a liar. We need to tell this. People taking up space in our mind. We're not renting out space in our mind. We want the mind of Christ. We don't want to be thinking of that person who did us wrong 38 years ago. Amen, we don't want to be thinking of that word that was spoken over us in the schoolyard. They're powerful, the words are powerful, but we've got to just have our minds renewed, renewed, renewed. God's going to restore, God's going to restore, God's going to restore. My last point, my last point, God will restore the wrong people have done against you. We see this in the story of Joseph in the first book of the Bible, Genesis. Joseph was hated by his brothers because of the dreams that he had, dreams of greatness, dreams of leadership, dreams of significance. It's okay to be ambitious as long as your ambitions are rooted in God and his will and his plan. Amen. God uses ambitious people. Lazy people don't get too much done. They could be nice, they could be kind, they could be sweet, but they ain't getting anything done. Come on. I'm sorry, I, I didn't call you lazy. I'm talking about the person next to you. I'm just saying. Joseph was hated by his brothers. They sold him into slavery, a teenager. He's a teenager, they tear his clothes off of him. They sell him to a band of traders that are going into Egypt. They sell him for 20 pieces or 30 pieces of silver. He's taken to a foreign land. He can't speak their language. He's a a terrified, fearful teenager. Think about it. In a foreign land, sold by his brothers, betrayed by his family, sent into captivity. A different culture, different languages. But there's one little phrase that says, but the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. As a slave, he starts to get promoted, he's in charge of a household, but yet he's falsely accused of trying to seduce his boss's wife. He's sent to prison falsely. He's there for years, but still there's a phrase, but God was with him. But you know what? It didn't minimize the pain. God is with us with everything we're going through, but it doesn't minimize the pain, the heartache, But God's presence was with him, fortifying him and guiding him. Through a series of God-ordained circumstances, he's released from prison to interpret the dreams of the king of Egypt. After 15 or 20 years of, of suffering and pain and heartache, God vindicates him. He becomes second in command of the most powerful nation on the planet. He has two children, he has two children, I just gotta read this, after all these years, he's vindicated, after all these years of suffering, God makes a way for him, after all the imaginable heartache and pain he went through, he has two children, he names the first one Manasseh. Manasseh means, for God, you gotta hear this, for God has made me forget my toil in my Father's house. Only God can give you the type of forgetfulness. Not that you don't remember the event, but you don't have the pain or the sting of the event. You know what the difference is, right? You remember something that's not healed yet, and it still has the same pain and, and power to. Uh, mess with you, even though it was done 20 years ago, but when you're healed from something, when you remember it, it doesn't mess with you anymore. God has caused me to forget my toil in my father's house. That's Manasseh, he has another son named Ephraim. Ephraim means, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Only God, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about this. If you think the Bible's boring, it's not, you're boring. The Bible's exciting. Think about these promises God gives to his people. Come on, let them get in your heart and get in your spirit. Joseph, after all his suffering, all his pain, God does this for him. Two children, and he names them prophetically, for God has caused me to forget the toil of my father's house. God has made up. God has restored. All that my family did to me, God's restored. God gave me another child, Ephraim, and he's causing me to be fruitful. In the land of my affliction. Only God could do that. Only that's the amazing God that we serve. Hallelujah. That's the awesome God that we serve. Hallelujah. I have a couple that I know of. They both went through painful divorces. Painful divorces. And listen, they tried for years to make their marriage work. This isn't an excuse for anybody to get out of their marriage quickly. They went to marriage counseling. They did not want a divorce. The wife had a husband who was a drug addict, did time in prison and and just basically abandoned her. The husband became a Christian in his previous marriage just just shortly after he got married. he, he, He didn't want to do anything uh, he just wanted to serve God, but his wife didn't want anything to do with God. They stayed together for several years. Finally, the wife said, I want a divorce. I don't want to be with you anymore. This man, he told me he cried. He was hurt. He was broken for like two years. For the first few months, he thought his, his life was caved in. He, he, he was depressed. He, he loved God. But listen, when you love God and serve God, it doesn't mean you, the, the pain or the suffering is minimized. You still feel it. We're still human. Both continued on their journey to serve God faithfully in their churches. Both of them loved God. Both of them trusted God. God united this couple after several years. They got remarried. They are happily, happily remarried. Godly Committed to one another, serving God with love and joy. God restored them in spite of the wrong that was done to them. I don't believe I'm not for divorce, but I am for divorced people. I believe there's hope after divorce. I believe this hope after abortion. I believe this hope after sin. I believe this hope after setbacks. I believe in a God who takes the the shambles of our life. And and as a master carpenter, a master mechanic, a master uh, uh, craftsman, he takes our lives, brokenness and strife, all that I had to offer him in my life, but he makes something beautiful. Would you stand together with me? I'm going to ask the singers and the musicians to come back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God wants to restore joy to you this morning. Come on, God wants to restore. He wants to restore what the devil stole from you. And God wants to restore the wrong people have done to you. Hallelujah. 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 I believe 2023 is going to be a year of restoration. I refuse to become bitter. I want to become better. I refuse to be hardened, but I want to be humble. I, I refuse to just start Strong, I want to finish strong, in Jesus' name. So this morning, as the team begins to worship, I want you, whether you come to the front, stay in your seats, I want you to lift up your hands and worship to the God who is the God of restoration. eight hundred years ago, through his spokesman, Joel, the word of the Lord that came to Jove. It was the word of the Lord. It was the word of the Lord that said, I will restore to you the years the locusts have eaten. Hallelujah. Come on, let's sing, let's worship. Let's receive from the Lord this morning. I'm calling on the God of Jacob. Yes, amen, amen. Whose love and just true tender i know that you will keep your covenant thank you jesus i'm calling